Well, today we celebrate the Feast of Epiphany, a feast that challenges us to receive Christ and then to share the beauty of his church with the whole world. The word epiphany means a manifestation, a revealing of something that was previously hidden. In Jesus' earthly life, there were a lot of times when his actions, you know, all the miracles he performed and so on, but these made it clear to those who were open to believe that Jesus wasn't just a man, but also God walking among us. On the Feast of Epiphany, we think of a few examples of, of this revealing of Jesus' divinity, uh, but we focus mostly on the, f- <clears throat> the first of those occasions when he was a small child and he was visited by the Magi, you know, the wise men. These wise men, which as you can see, they've arrived over at our manger. They came from the east and they weren't Jewish. In fact, they would have been seen uh, by the Jews as unclean and sinful men because they were people who didn't know the Jewish God. They were astrologers, maybe sorcerers, or kind of seen as magicians. But even though they weren't Jews, they weren't part of God's chosen people, they were attentive to the physical world around them. And this is God's creation. So, of course, it's going to point to its creator. And by God's grace, these wise men were led by a star from their homeland to travel to adore the child Jesus. And in them, these wise men, all the nations symbolically gather to adore the Lord. Salvation is, as Jesus would say years later to the woman at the well, it's from the Jews. But in Christ, as Paul reminds us in our second reading today, salvation is opened up for the entire world. Jesus came into a Jewish family in a Jewish context, but all the nations now come to adore him. And so here we are, gathered to worship on this Saturday in 2023. You know, we just celebrated Christmas, Christmas, uh, but now we understand, because of our celebration of Christmas, uh, we understand in a new way what Isaiah wrote about in our first reading, that we ought to rise up now, that our light, Christ, has come. That at a time when thick clouds of confusion or apathy cover other peoples who don't know God, we Christians are bathed in the light of God's presence. He's with us. And that this is our faith. We know God is here. This gives meaning to our lives and really purpose to everything we do and to all that we suffer in this life. As people blessed to receive this awesome gift of faith, we now have a responsibility. St. John Paul II once wrote that Epiphany is the feast of God's challenge. It seems that this responsibility, this challenge that we receive in, in welcoming Christ is twofold. First, we need to seek to know Jesus to receive his gift of grace, which we 
It's free. He came all the way down to earth to be with us, right? He's gone more than the distance. But we resist him still. Maybe because of the busyness of our worldly lives. Maybe because of our fear that he's going to ask us to change our lives. Uh, Maybe it's because we're living in sin. We're choosing to be away from our Lord. So how can we not do that? How can we proactively seek to know Jesus? Well, we can first of all, I think, seek him in prayer. Even if it's just a few moments of quiet time each day or or even better, stop by and make frequent visits to the church. I mean, we do have Mass here you know, every day except Monday. Um, we have adoration, uh, you know, different times throughout the day. And you can stop by any other time, too, because uh, during the daylight hours, at least, and often into the night, um, not middle of the night, but you know, the doors are open. You can stop by. We also get to know Jesus by reading Scripture by the regular reception of the sacraments, especially confession and of the Holy Eucharist. We need to let this relationship with our Lord be built up. And we should, as a result, feel good about being Catholic. Not proud about it in a bad way, but pleased that God has given us himself. And we have the great and awesome and humbling privilege to be in his church. We should be feel good about being Catholic. So much so that we should desire then to share these truths with other people. It leads to the second aspect of God's challenge. First, we, we seek to know Jesus. And then secondly, is to spread the gospel. To evangelize right where we live. You know, the gospel isn't something we merely sit back and enjoy. You know, now that... We're content because we've received our faith. If we receive and know Jesus, we start to appreciate the task of sharing the gospel with other people, not just as this burdensome obligation, which it is an obligation, but also a joy. I mean, after all, it's it's a great act of love to share the Catholic faith with another person. Because if Catholicism is true... And there really is a heaven and a purgatory and a hell and that our lives here and now matter in determining where we end up. Well, I think it's important that people know the right way to live so as to get to heaven. So regardless of how saintly we are, we should try to cooperate with God's grace. We should definitely invite others to get onto the right path. And we should... Take a good examine of that, too, every now and then. You know, are, if, are we really doing our part to make Jesus known to the world where we live? Uh, some years ago, Matthew Kelly wrote about this. He, he said that when it comes to evangelization, you know, sharing the faith with others, it seems that every Catholic's favorite quote is from Francis of Assisi. Preach the gospel at all times, and when necessary, use words. There are two things to consider here, Matthew writes. First, he did say to preach the gospel at all times. Second, he didn't say to never use words. We should have courage to share our faith, to actually even maybe speak about Jesus 
to other people. Matthew Kelly also listed six different ways we can practically do this, and I'll kind of summarize them here. He says, first, you know, pass out good Catholic books, um, share good, reputable Catholic stuff with your families and friends and neighbors. Um, second, he says, why not invite people to Catholic events like Mass? You know, if they're not Catholic, maybe they can't receive communion yet, but they're certainly welcome to come and, and join us in worship of our Lord. Uh, or why not uh, form a book group or join one, a discussion group, or, or take a pilgrimage? And so on. Invite people to Catholic events. Thirdly, he says, bring a godly perspective to conversations. And, you know, a couple of examples that come to my mind is if someone that you know is suffering an illness and they're really struggling, you know, why not offer them um, a Catholic perspective on suffering, on carrying the cross, on offering it up in union with Christ and, and being there with them? Uh, or if somebody's taking the Lord's name in vain, which is so common and so habitual, it's a great um, evil, really. Why not offer them a, a little correction, saying something like, you, know, you just said Jesus Christ, you know, Jesus is somebody I believe in and someone I love and care about and, and hope to meet in, you know, in heaven someday. And so I would appreciate it if you didn't use his name as a curse word. You know, try to bring a godly perspective to any conversation that you might have. Fourth, Matthew says, we should learn and be able to articulate the church's teachings so we can explain and defend them when they're distorted or attacked, as they constantly are. In Whether it's the news coverage recently of Pope Benedict XVI's death and funeral, uh, or just how you see a Catholic characters portrayed in Netflix shows, which is universally evil and horribly wrong, um, or any TV show that portrays Catholics. It's, they get it wrong all the time. Why not, in, in conversations with people about these things, be, correct them and defend the teaching of the church? As Archbishop Fulton Sheen once said, there are not 100 people in the United States who hate the Catholic Church, but there are millions who hate what they wrongly perceive the Catholic Church to be. Fifthly, we should help people discover answers to questions that cause them to doubt the Catholic faith. There's tons of resources out there, and I'm here for you if you need help. I can try to answer any questions you might have. And finally, he says, demonstrate the love of God through faithful and generous friendship. Yes, live our lives in a way that is attractive and reflects the truth, the beauty, and the goodness of God and his church. Now, all of these tasks, you know, that they're going to require us to step out of our comfort zone a little bit. That's okay. Just take small steps. Uh, but do take those steps because uh, if we need to, if, or if we know the Lord, well, then we don't need to be afraid or timid. Uh, the Holy Spirit will help us to share the faith. And we can be confident that our faith, the Catholic faith, is true. It is beautiful. It is important. It is relevant. And it's worth sharing with the world. Uh, the world really needs Jesus Christ and his message. That is obvious. Um, and there are countless 
men and women in our own community here in Stanley, Berthold as well, and, and everywhere, in our own families, perhaps even some of you who, like the Magi, are really searching for the King. Well, he's here among us in his church. So let us be ready to live and to share the Catholic faith and show Jesus Christ to the world.